0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Let's start with the crazed ambitions of the Marxist Dems, who are struggling these days to comprehend that the American people are now finally aware of the vicious tactics they've employed in their conspiracy to block President Trump as a candidate back in 2016 and then overthrow his presidency. Americans are now aware that all the charges that Dems brought against Donald Trump over a five-year period were not only baseless, but lies, vicious lies, manufactured by the Clinton campaign, if not Hillary herself, by the Marxist Dems and their co-conspirators in the massive disinformation campaign they wedged against truth, Trump and his presidency. And now we're hearing the White House staff is frustrated that President Biden is agitated because their venal political corruption is no longer a secret from most Americans. Can you imagine these criminals carried out Five years, and now more than five years, of political persecution and further entrenchment of their corruption throughout our federal government. The Marxist Dems' evil politics only gets uglier, and Americans are witnessing a level of political corruption that is unprecedented, and if not stopped, may well prove to be, in my opinion, an existential threat to this nation. I truly believe this moment in our history is that serious, that dangerous to us all. We all understand that President Biden is impaired, a puppet, and compromised. It is no wonder that his administration has devastated our economy, left our southern border wide open to millions who've been flowing into the United States at his and his puppet master's invitation, and his foreign policy decisions have the potential to be even more disastrous, whether his failure to stop Putin when he was telling the world what he would do if Biden's State Department continued to press Zelensky to take Ukraine into NATO, and his refusal to allow Zelensky to negotiate a reasonable end to hostilities just a month after Putin's invasion. But Biden absolutely refused to permit Zelensky to do so. There's nothing harmless about this indescribably inept president. Biden and his friends like George Soros are true believers, and they mean to do exactly what President Obama first declared 14 years ago, to fundamentally transform America. And that is what the Marxist Dems are committed to achieving. But as I said, Americans are awakening to what the left has become and what they're trying to achieve. CRT and Marxist indoctrination in our schools, our government, even the military, political corruption of our government, the Justice Department, prosecutors at the state and local level as well. There are no accidents at work here. This is part of a strategy, a plan. It is absolutely intentional. But we do have patriots, great Americans who are fighting back, and among them, our guests today. Our guest is Eric Schmidt, the Attorney General of the great state of Missouri, and he's running for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate. Great to have you with us. I'd like to start with what has been a set of historic Supreme Court decisions, decisions on issues that you've been fighting for for years. Your reaction, Mr. Attorney General?
1: Yeah, some big decisions that affect, um, you know, and really promote this American idea that we have individual rights and we can pursue happiness and the Constitution is supposed to protect those rights. And so whether it's religious freedom, um, you know, the right to life, uh, Second Amendment rights, it's been a big couple of weeks at the Supreme Court. And I also think it's worth pointing out that without President Trump appointing these justices, you just wouldn't have these victories. And so 2016 was so consequential. Can you imagine if Hillary Clinton was, you know, appointing Supreme Court justices where we'd be. And we already see the republic under assault by the Biden administration with all these, which I'm sure we'll get into some of their initiatives that we're pushing back on and winning. But, you know, these are seminal cases uh, that are that are being delivered by a conservative court. And again, I think the credit goes to President Trump for putting up great nominees and now justices.
0: Without question, without question, without uh, uh, Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh. And Barrett, uh, this doesn't happen. Uh, and uh, and I have to say, of course, with uh, Justice Alito and Justice Thomas, uh, their leadership here has been absolutely seminal and uh, critical uh, uh, through it all. I, I want to turn, uh, if I may, to your state became the very first uh, to be uh, to ban abortion uh, in nearly every instance. Uh, give us a sense of how that came to be, the trigger law that you employed uh, and, uh, and your reaction to uh, Missouri's reaction uh, to it all.
1: Yeah, so a couple of years ago, Missouri passed um, um, a, a very pro-life law um, that had also a trigger law in it. So they, they passed some um, protections for life, but also said, hey, if Roe v. Wade's ever overturned, we've got this trigger law. And it comes into effect in a couple of different ways if the legislature um, passes a resolution or the governor issues a proclamation or the attorney general uh, issues an opinion about it. And so we're very mindful of the significance of the Dobbs decision. And, uh, you know, as Justice Alito said in the opinion, in his opinion, which was correct, the minute, the day that Roe v. Wade was decided, it was on a collision course with the Constitution. And that reckoning, you know, took 49 years, a lot of prayer, a lot of hard work by the pro-life community to get to this place again having a conservative court thanks to, you know, President Trump. And they delivered an opinion which by the way is where we should have been all along. That nine, you know, unelected justices took this issue away out of the public sphere of debate almost 50 years ago and now it's back. It goes back to the states where the voters and the people can decide what they want that to look like in You know, in the 50 states. And so Missouri, since we had the trigger law, we acted immediately. I mean, within 10 minutes of the decision, I issued the opinion and Missouri became the first state to effectively end abortion and be the most pro-life state in the country. And I think there's Lou, I think there's 13 states that have some version of a trigger law. And then you've got, by the way, just across the Mississippi River to the east here, you've got Illinois that allows abortion up to the point of birth, partial birth abortion. And they're talking about going into a special session. I don't even know what else they could do. But the only places on earth that are like that are, you know, places like North Korea, China, and Russia. So I'm not sure what Illinois has in store. But you're going to see this debate now play out. But I'm very proud that, uh, you know, my role as AG issuing that opinion and ushering in a, a new era where we really respect the sanctity and the dignity of every life.
0: Well, all I can say is congratulations and thank you. Uh, and I think that this is a battle that's going to be, uh, you know, it's what, as you said, it should have been done a half century ago. The Warren Burger Court was supposed to be a conservative court. It turned out to be amongst the most liberal, uh, basically, uh, rubber stamping everything that uh, the Earl Warren uh, Court uh, had,
1: uh, you know, had put in place. That's right. And also very results oriented. And you see this from the left, right? Um, from liberals and from the modern left, you know, there's no rule or norm or law they're not willing to break to get their way, right? The result that they want. And as conservatives, we actually believe that the law should be interpreted as it's written, not how you want it to be. And so this, this constitutional right that, that they made up out of whole cloth. You know, it took a while to get back to a place where the court said that's actually nowhere in the Constitution. The states can decide what they want their laws to look like, but it's indicative of where the left is. And you see, you know, what, you know, Chuck Schumer standing on the Supreme Court talking about a whirlwind coming for the court. There was an assassination attempt of Justice Kavanaugh. You got these radicals outside Supreme Court justices' homes, and the Department of Justice won't do anything about it. It shows you how political the DOJ is now. Um, You know, they're much more interested in sicking the FBI on parents who show up to school board meetings uh, than they are going after, you know, this people flagrantly violating federal law and trying to intimidate justices to get a result. So that is a very sort of dark chapter of all of this. But uh, I would expect that to continue. I mean, they're firebombing pregnancy resource centers. These folks have uh, lost their grip on reality. And ultimately, what they fear is democracy, right? The, The will of the people being um, uh, expressed through the laws of each state
0: you know as a number of people uh, we talk with uh, here on the great america show have said over the course of the past week or two it, it's there's something about the american people we the people because we cling to our guns and our our god uh, that we're unworthy of the of the beneficent mag- the uh, leadership of the much much brighter political elites in this country. Uh, that has to that that little fantasy has to end uh, s- straightforwardly. It's bad I agree with that you. we're dealing with a Marxist left running the Democratic Party. And I think you said it right. This is this is not uh, there's no accident here. These people mean to do precisely what they set out to do and that is to upend our laws Uh, to tear up our institutions and ultimately destroy what we know as America.
1: Yep, and it's about power and control, Lou. That's the common theme here. It's this Marxist ideology, results matter, but it's about power and control. And you look at the stated agenda of the Democrats right now. I mean, we are not having traditional political debates right now about tax rates and entitlement reform. I mean, the Democrats, they want to pack the Supreme Court. They want to add states to the union. They want to federalize our elections, and they want open borders and amnesty. I mean, this is radical stuff. That's not a fringe movement. I mean, this is—they're two votes away in the United States Senate from doing all of those things right now, fundamentally changing this country forever. And the growth of the administrative state, where they're not accountable to anybody, uh, is a serious problem. President Trump took this issue on. He had, you know, measured I think one of the things that people don't talk about enough is how courageous he was. Uh, in taking on the administrative state, he had something called the two for one rule, which if any agency was going to issue one rule, they had to pull back two. it was a lot of measures like that, in addition to tax cuts and, and all the other, you know, border security and energy dominance that we had during those four years that were uh, really making a difference. But these unelected bureaucrats and these administrative agencies want to push this radical agenda to look no further than the COVID mandates, you know, the vaccine mandate, you had OSHA which was created to make sure forklifts beep when they back up, uh, telling 80 million Americans they were going to be forced to have a medical procedure. Yeah, I mean, it's completely off the rails, but this is, again, this is the progressive movement that, you know, you could go back a hundred years under Woodrow Wilson, who was a disaster of a president, but ushered in this era of quote unquote experts, right? They knew better than the people. And uh, I think as conservatives, you know, we need to push back. President Trump, was really this leader of a movement where the people wanted to be heard and were being, you know, um, ignored. Um, the, the, the average American was being ignored by the political elites. And it's time, I think for we, the people again, to step up and, uh, and that's what this country is all about. This great experiment of self-government.
0: It is. And it's, uh, and this issue is where it belongs. Abortion. It now is up to the States. And as you said, the debate will rage, uh, uh I expect the worst behavior possible from the from the Marxist left in this country, uh, but each state is going to be responsible for uh, securing its streets, its property, and its at the lives of its citizens. Because uh, we know that there will be, to use uh, Schumer's words, a whirlwind that will follow uh, from from the left. Uh, it's not, it's it's contrived. It is not a, a, an act of nature. Uh, this is. This will be a very uh, tough battle, uh, in order to preserve our traditions, our values, and our constitution. I think, without a doubt, uh, you also have scored a landmark win for the Second Amendment. Uh, tell us about the New York uh, concealed carry uh, restrictions and uh, your involvement.
1: Yeah. So um, basically, New York had a uh, had a had a regime where if if you wanted to have a concealed carry, you had to go to a bureaucrat and prove that you were had some special risk or some special need or were in danger. And it was up to that bureaucrat to decide to give you that permit. Now, Missouri, we are a constitutional carry state. And, um, you know, I've, in my Senate race, been endorsed by a lot you know Second Amendment groups because I, I believe it's a fundamental right. It's a God-given right. And, you know, the Second Amendment protects that right we're born with to defend yourself and not just in the home, by the way, but outside of the home. And so that was, again, New York's law was on a collision course with the Constitution. Missouri led the briefing in that case. And the court said, yeah, of course, the the state doesn't is, is the state is there and we have laws to protect your rights, not infringe upon them. And that's what New York's restrictive regime was all about. And so that was a big win. And you put that up against the Heller decision, Lou, of about 15 years ago, mm-hmm. where they where they made it clear it was an individual right. Because you always hear folks on the left say, oh, it's a well-regulated militia. They said in the Heller decision, no, 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 this is an individual right. But over the course of the last 15 years, some lower courts were essentially chipping away at that. Well, maybe it is in your in your in your domicile, in your home, but not, you know, not out on the streets. This could be the wild, wild west. Well, the court made clear that, no, that individual right extends outside the home, and the state doesn't get to arbitrarily restrict that right.
0: Isn't it an interesting piece of intellectual contradiction on the part of the the Marxist Dems? Uh, They want to defund police, but they don't want you to be able to defend yourself, your person, your family, uh, whomever, uh, when you are outside your home. I mean, it's it, it's sheer madness, uh, and it's perpetrated, it's expanded, it's uh, evangelized by the national, corporate, left wing media.
1: That's right, and and really, it's about. I mean, what is every left wing, or or any dictator, or any you know sort of banana republic in the third world who wants to control its citizenry? They try to disarm them, right? They try to take away their weapons uh, because the Second Amendment protects not only your protect to you know, defend yourself and your family, but also against tyranny. And the left understands that uh, it's, by the way, Lou, and, and we probably, I don't know if we have time to get in this or not. It's one of the reasons why the left is so um, giddy and uh, energized about indoctrinating kids in schools, right? Because if they can, if they can, um, cut that cord between the American idea and our kids, right, that we believe that we're the greatest country in the history of the world, we believe in this idea of self-government and people can pursue their dreams and individual rights, if they can corrupt that and say America's not special, and by the way, America's inherently racist, all these things that they do to try to undermine it, it's all meant to detach this great bond we have with each other as citizens in this great country so they can remake this country into something very different. And they were never able really to do it with class. They're trying to do it with race now, with this race essentialism. And in Missouri, we've been very aggressive. Not only did I sue, you know, 30 or 40-plus school districts for mask mandates and we won, but we're also going after school districts now that have critical race theory. They're hiding documents, things like the uh, oppression matrix, Lou, where you divide students by oppressor and oppressed, things like the privilege walk, um, the gender unicorn. This stuff is in our schools and the left will deny it. They used to say it was just a law school class, but it's in our schools and it's in our grade schools. And I think as, as fighters, as conservative fighters, we got to stand up and say, we're not going to tolerate this. We're going to fight on behalf of students and parents. And we're not going to allow the left to indoctrinate our kids to despise America. And all of this is a very well-organized effort to fundamentally change this country. And I think that's why you know, this election cycle is so important. All these big fights at the court are so important because it's a fight for the soul of America. And we're having to answer questions that, quite frankly, we haven't been asked in a long, long time. But, uh, you know, again, the leadership of President Trump and other you know conservative fighters that are out there, I'm telling you there's something on the ground as I get around this state. Uh, people get it. They want their country back and they understand how radical the left is. And so I, I think there's a great opportunity for us moving forward.
0: You know, I sure hope you're right. Uh, I have to say I don't get out on the country either enough or as much as uh, I'd like to talk uh, to folks. But what I do get a sense of is a Democratic Party that is deeply, uh, deeply uh, concerned, but not not as desperate as I would expect them to be. I mean, Biden is talking rather grandiosely uh, about uh, his uh his uh, agenda, uh, and, and no matter how awful his uh, disaster of a presidency is, uh, he is talking quite confidently. We're looking at what looks like a, a red wave election, but at the same time, there are no changes in Biden policies. And we do know that right now the Biden White House in the recesses of the West Wing are working very hard to federalize as much as they can of Our elections once again in uh, 2022, Uh, the Democrats have done much and continue to plan and plot and uh, uh, conspire, I think is a reasonable word here, while the Republicans have seemingly, uh, Eric, they've done nothing.
1: Yeah, listen, I I agree. We need more trump republicans quite frankly and one of the reasons i'm running for the senate is you know that same fighting spirit i've demonstrated as attorney general we need more of that in dc you know we need people who are going to be disruptors who are america first fighters i agree like this this go along get along stuff is nuts and that extends to you know leadership and we just need people who are willing to stand up and be unafraid and understand what the stakes are you know and 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 again i think that's one of the great You know the things that President Trump taught us is that you should go into these fights and be unafraid, never quit, because um, they they have an agenda, and we need to fight back for this country because it is the greatest country in the history of the world. And if you lose it, you don't get it back. And freedom doesn't you know run through the bloodstream. Each generation is charged with defending those principles, and that's what motivates me every single day. But you're right, Lou. Somebody asked me. So Missouri filed the lawsuit on the on the vaccine mandate. The OSHA um, was the first state to do it. We won. And I was doing an interview afterwards, and somebody asked, well, don't you think now they'll step away uh, after this defeat? And I, my answer was no. I think they are they got the pedal of the metal. I think they know a reckoning is coming with voters in November, and they want to do as much as they can as fast as they can. And so that's why you see these ridiculous proposals where they tie school lunch programs to gender identity agendas. I mean, this stuff is crazy. This energy policy that they have, they are willing to let working folks suffer with $5 gas and higher um, across the country because they are they are genuflecting to this woke altar of climate alarmism. And that's what this is. It's a shakedown. It's a scam. Uh, you got John Kerry flying around in his private jet, these elites telling us that we should all just buy electric vehicles. You know, it's like the let them eat cake. It's the modern day, let them eat cake. And They're so detached. I think they know what's coming, but they want to do as much damage as they can until we can get there. And the reinforcements are sent again, more Trump Republicans who are willing to fight back. And that's again, why I'm running for the Senate.
0: I would, Eric, I would say to you that what they're doing is making Americans suffer. These are all conscious strategic choices they've made to shut down the pipeline, to carry out a war against the petroleum industry. And the Devil take the hindmost, and I mean it in literal sense
1: uh, well, and, and Lou, not not only just on energy, and we could go through the issues. Look at the border. I mean yep. the, what's happening at the southern border is a total disgrace and it's all on purpose. Like there's nothing accidental about this. President Trump had a secure border and there were there are a bunch of reasons why. One was leadership and people across the world knew especially in Central and South America that this wasn't an open border. That's a big part of it, the signal you send. But there were three big policies that um you know President Trump had this, was building the border wall. That helps the, and I've been to the border twice. Those border patrol agents will tell you that that uh, allows them to uh, galvanize their resources more efficiently, right? To be more, uh, you know, Uh, that they can turn more people away or capture more people because there's fewer places for them to come across. Missouri and Texas have filed a lawsuit to finish that. Congress appropriated the money. Joe Biden literally is paying contractors to not finish the wall as the materials rust on the ground. It's a disgrace. The other policy, which the Supreme Court's going to decide on that we've won before, Missouri and Texas filed on uh, the Remain in Mexico policy, which made Mexico the waiting room for asylum claims, Uh, This was a very effective uh, policy under President Trump, as opposed to what Joe Biden wants to do, which is to release people into the interior of the United States, never to be seen again. The cartels are running the show, and they know if they can get people across, it's a big business for them. And so they're empowering the cartels. And the last issue, I would say, or one of the last, is Title 42. Missouri led the charge on that. We've been victorious in the lower courts uh, we'll continue to fight on that. That accounts for about 50% of the expulsions right now. So if you think the border crisis is bad now, and it is, double those numbers if Title 42 goes away. The Lieutenant, I was on a show with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and so I'll give him credit in Texas for mentioning this statistic. But if you took away all what President Trump had, it, as Biden's tried to, and the states have pushed back and been winning, but if you did that, there would be 30 million people here in his four-year term illegally. That is the size of Texas. That is five Missouris. And so this is, to your point, Lou, this is intentional. Uh, they are doing this on purpose. And this is part of their agenda with that and other issues to fundamentally change this country forever, and we have to push back.
0: And in uh, New York, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Marxist left ran afoul of a, of a New York Supreme Court judge because they just thought it, they had it. Uh, they were going to give a million illegal immigrants in this country uh, the vote in New York City. That's crazy, and, and That's crazy. that is precisely what they mean to do all across the country.
1: Yeah, and they don't. Yeah, they they just it's again the the common factor here. It's about power and control. That's all that matters to them. The things that you and I care about, um, you know, about this represent this this you know republic. And these safeguards, the rule of law, all these things that, that you've been spe- you've spent years talking about that as AG I'm fighting for, they don't care about any of that. It's just about the, the raw power that they can get. It's the only reason you can explain all these radical proposals that they have and things they're moving on.
0: I, I want to turn to the Senate race uh, and, and ask you how your campaign is going uh, and give us a, something of an update, if you would,
1: Yeah, uh, poll, Attorney just- General sure. A poll just came out this weekend that had us in the lead. Um, and, uh, you know, I think <clears throat> this race comes down to me and, uh, Eric Reitens who, who quit, who was a former governor, uh, lots of scandals would lose the seat to the Democrats. Um, it's just a mess and he's a quitter, you know, and one of the things I always admired about president Trump is that he was always fighting, always fighting. And then I'm running against a guy who, who quit on the job and is trying to make a comeback. And, and for me, you know, when I say I'm a, a, you know, a Trump Republican and an America First Republican, that means you go out and you fight these big, important fights like President Trump did, and that's what I'm going to do in the Senate. And I think we need proven conservative fighters right now, reinforcements, um, uh, to help save America. And I mean that literally. I think there's a, there's just so much at stake right now. In many ways, I think there's there's as much on the line in the next decade in this country as we've seen since the Civil War. And I think you need people who understand what the stakes are, who are proven fighters. Uh, who are going to win? And um, and again, so when you know President Trump was in office, um, you know the other guy had quit and wasn't in office, and we were defending all of those policies that brought us, you know, wage growth and energy dominance and border security. Uh, and then now, now I've taken a blowtorch to the Biden agenda, and as I get as I get on the trail, that's what people want, and I think that's why we've got the momentum in this race, and it's a it's a big race, and I think you know the Missouri could determine the fate of the Senate. It's fifty fifty. Uh, We got to have the strongest folks possible to go out and win, and that's uh, I think the strength of our campaign.
0: Well, you certainly have an exemplary record uh, as Attorney General, Uh, it uh, and and you haven't quit uh, even once. So, uh, and and you're a fellow who makes it very clear that you don't quit. Uh, As a matter of fact, you go beyond, you persist, and you prevail. I want to let me. Let me turn, to to what we're witnessing. You talked about the Senate, uh, the House right now with the January 6th committee. Uh, I have, the other day I said this, so I'm going to quote myself, which is, is about as one of the most obnoxious things a, a host can do. But I said that, that broadcast, that TV broadcast is what I call narrowcasting. Uh, That is the same group of people who brought us two impeachments and a special counsel against the sitting president. uh, And they lied throughout. And what this is really, again, there's no reason to believe a word any of them say, and they're narrow casting to an audience that has to be hopelessly stupid. uh, If they believe one word of it.
1: It's a total joke. I mean, uh, it's a total joke and, and and sort of to follow up on the last question too. I mean, again, you know i was the the leading attorney general uh on election integrity you know with the the, the nonsense in the texas case and the in the pennsylvania case you know we've issued subpoenas to the zuckerbucks organization so again i'm not going to quit and those are the kind of things we ought to have hearings on right election integrity we ought to have hearings on uh the ministry of truth and so when i get there uh you know we ought to have hearings on how this uh how the department of justice has completely failed to protect supreme court justices when I get there in the Senate, that's the kind of stuff we're going to have hearings on. Iran-Contra-like hearings on the real things people care about in this country. This January 6th debacle is an absolute joke. And to your point, it's part and parcel of the sham impeachments that they had. These folks all suffer from Trump derangement syndrome. And and uh, he was an effective president. He was a great president. And they can't handle it. Like, they just cannot get over it. And so this is just sort of like a temper tantrum. And all this production value, but the truth of the matter is, it's not going anywhere, and it shouldn't, because it's it's quite frankly, it's a clown show.
0: Yeah, I, I call it actually a uh, a radical dim uh, syndrome, uh, radical dim derangement syndrome, uh, because they are mad. They are not angry; they're absolutely insane. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> whether it be their lust for power, whether it be their ideology, which is Marxism. Uh, all of that is being played out. You're talking about uh, the the issue of uh, transparency, if you will, uh, in, in the parent-student relationship uh, being inter- been interrupted by the two teachers unions. We need to have hearings, too, on why we don't just get rid of teachers unions, period, in this country. But you know what? The voucher system may do that for us. Because... Public education is a calamity now focused on, as you said, uh, race, uh, trans, uh, you know, uh, however you want to call it, uh, uh, transgender uh, classes and uh, shared experiences on the part of teachers. It's very simple, as someone said, you know, somebody wants to talk sex or gender To a five-year-old or a nine-year-old or, to me, anyone who is in a public school system, you know, they're nuts. There's something wrong with them.
1: They're twisted. It's it's sick. But, again, I think, you know, for them, they they want to indoctrinate. They want to create a class of activists that agree with them. And the younger they can get to them, which, by the way, is a Marxist. You know, theme. I mean, that's what essentially a lot of countries and Marxist countries have done. They try to indoctrinate kids. How about we teach math and science, and how about we teach civics? Actually, right? That uh, we would don't, be nice. That would be nice. But you're right, and and I think the hearings. You know, one of the things. Uh, you know, I'd love to have Fauci in for hearings. Missouri was the first state I sued China for unleashing the coronavirus on the world. Um, you know, you got to be unafraid. Why don't we get Fauci in there for a week and ask about all this nonsense and the lies? and then coordinating with the teachers union to mask our kids, which has done horrible damage to our kids, psychologically, emotionally yep. loss of learning. Um, and then you've got this situation Lou, where literally the national school boards association conspired with the department of justice to investigate parents showing up to school board meetings, to object to things like critical race theory and forced masking. I mean, this is out of like a banana world third world Republic stuff. And uh So anyway, the politicization of the DOJ has been um, unbelievable. And uh, quite frankly, the the teachers unions are at war with parents. And I think this is a a really important time for Republicans to step up and stand alongside parents and fight back. And and so, you know, my home state, like I said, I've sued almost 50 school districts for these things. And we're going after the Missouri School Boards Association for hiding documents. And I get all the the hate from the editorial boards of St. Louis and Kansas city, but I don't care. You know, I, I, this is the right thing to do. And it's, it's why, you know, in the Senate, I'm not interested in getting invited to cocktail parties and um, you know, being the most popular guy. I want to go there and fight for my state fight for this Republic. Cause that's, what's most important.
0: Well, I, I will hazard this guess. My guess is that you will be very popular indeed in the great state of Missouri. Uh, So I I applaud you and I encourage you. Uh, And I also, we have a a convention on this podcast. We always give our guests the last word. So if I may, uh, your concluding thoughts, Mr. Attorney General.
1: It's it's great to be with you, Lou. And as I said, I've been a fan for a long time. And, and, you know, as Attorney General of this state, it's a great honor. And we've been fighting back against um, this radical agenda in the Biden administration. We're fighting back against you know, what's happening in our schools. And I want to take that same fighting spirit to the Senate. We need more Trump Republicans who are willing to fight on big, important issues and be unafraid and be disruptors. And uh, that's why I'm running. And I think that uh, this Republic is just so important and, uh, and it's all on the line. The Democrats are playing for keeps and we got to make sure we, uh, we fight back and win.
0: Well said, appreciate it. Eric Smith, attorney general of the great state of Missouri Thanks for being with us here on The Great America Show. God bless you. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Congressman Daryl Issa joins us here tomorrow. The congressman, one of the leading Republicans in Congress, respected for his acumen and experience in foreign policy and intelligence. A great American. Please join us here on The Great America Show tomorrow and every weekday. See you tomorrow. Till then, God bless you.